Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons podcast, everybody. I'm Greg Tito. And I'm Trevor Kidd. What's up? We're waiting for you to tell us what's up. Oh, everybody. yes, that's like, true. Are, yeah. Can, Everyone you, just scream what's up so right quiet? now. Oh, yeah, there you are. I hear you now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of stuff. It's okay, up. I can hear you now. <laughs> the old weirdo Yankee Vic joke. Anyway, exactly. this is the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We're going to talk to uh, the amazing author, Saladin Ahmed, uh, of, uh, author of Throne of the Crescent Moon, which is a fantastic book. Uh, he'll tell you all about it, probably about halfway through the podcast. Because that's, that's how we roll. We're not going to get to that roll. question for a while. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but we do have some crazy fun announcements to talk about. PAX East is coming up this weekend. Oh, wow, yeah. It is uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Boston. It's going to be fun. Uh, there's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons uh, uh, play that's happening over the course mm-hmm. of the whole weekend. You'll uh, be able to play uh, all, all of our Ravenloft Adventure League ad- adventures, plus uh, oh, I think it's called Death House, which is this, this big, awesome haunted house, mm. uh, which will be pretty cool. You know, why don't they just go to the Life House? Why does it have to go to the death house? That seems like a bad idea. Well, you don't have to, but then you just kind of like grab your character, just stand up and walk away from the table. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to role play being a jerk. That's <laughs> out. Peace. That's, that's the Greg Tito story, by the exactly. way. Exactly. I like to role play accountants. <laughs> wow. I will. That's, uh, sorry if you're an accountant. <laughs> I'm sure you're a wonderful person. <laughs> Uh, but then also on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have Acquisitions Incorporated. Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, we have the uh, live game on Sunday this year. I think again, I think it was. I, I always think it's Sunday. But it it's is. But no, it's not always on Sunday. But I it know, it's, it's not. But um, in my brain, I've rewritten it. So, so Chris Bergens and the Penny Arcade gang joined yep. by uh, PVP, Scott Kurtz, and Pat Rothfuss. Yeah, back, same, right? same crew. Viari, Pat, Roth, Pat Rothfuss as Viari. So nice. It'll be good times. It will be. Um, uh, a really fun thing. It'll be on our Twitch. It's if you can't aren't in uh, Boston, like probably most of you are not going to be in Boston when this is out, so watch it on our Twitch channel and also, of course, the PAX yeah. cha- Twitch channel. And you'll notice that we haven't talked a whole lot about it, you know, all this other stuff. It's going to be a little bit different than your average uh, Acquisitions Inc. live stream, but it's going to be awesome. So I totally want to spoil it. Tell you. I totally nope. want to spoil it right nope. now. No spoiling. All right. I'm excited. All I know is that it will change everything. Do we, can we have like some big uh, bagong yeah. right there? Ryan, like yeah. <laughs> It'll change everything. We'll get it in post. I did it all with my eyes. You don't even need to. <laughs> <laughs> you are the next Michael Bay of whatever that is. I, oh, I, I thought you were going to say Michael know. Winslow from the Police Academy. Oh, see, there we go. That's what I should have done. all sounds with my, done. with my voice. Uh, what else is going on? Uh Curse of Strahd is out now, but you can watch it being played yes. uh, in uh, dice camera action. Uh, yeah, with there's a Dungeons weekly stream on Tuesdays that Chris Perkins is the DM for. Uh, with a lot of fantastic people. Um, I, I could list them all off. In the party. But I'm not going to because it takes too much time. But they're awesome. But they are, and it's a really fun story. It's, it's, some co- it's, it's cool streamers and, and, and YouTubers. And, and, and I think this is the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, where someone who uh, spent a good portion of their time and energy writing an adventure is actually dungeon mastering an adventure. That that might be correct, yes. On, on, on one of our live streams. Yes, I'm sure that's happened in the that world before. Uh, but uh, uh, so that's that's pretty exciting to be able to see the the master uh, uh, at work in Chris Perkins. So now we need to invite Tracy on and have him as a guest on, yes. the, on the stream now that I'm thinking about that because that would make that perfect. That's it. I'm, I'm emailing Tracy right when now. When they actually get to Strahd, he's, we should like, bring him in to play Strahd. Oh my gosh, I love this idea. <laughs> People are gonna be so disappointed if I can't make that happen. Yeah, Why no. did I say this on a podcast? Now we gotta sell everybody on it and make, yeah. it, make it a thing. Yep. Um, what else is going on? 
Wow. Uh, so we've talked about PAX. We've yeah. talked about Strahd. We've talked about the live stream. Well, Origins is coming up. That's in right. June. Origins, Origins is going to be awesome. We're doing a lot of stuff at Origins. We're playing a lot of D and D. The Open's back. If you don't know what the Open is, I'm not going to tell you. No, it's it's, it's <laughs> go it's, to it's, Dungeons and Dragons. It's really com. cool, like like big massive dungeon crawl thing where you're basically trying to to be better than everybody else. It's 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 slightly competitive D and D, kind of like you get ranked and and get cool stuff. But yeah, uh, I can't wait to hear the the awesome stories uh, come out of that. And there's yes. a lot of great swag that Origins, will be coming out of Origins yes. as well. Origins is also the first place that you're going to get to play the new story. What new we, story? We haven't talked about it. Well, I can't talk about it yet. There's a new story? There's a new story. Well, you're hearing it here first. Yeah. I didn't be. know that. <laughs> I thought we were done. Yeah, well, after, after Straw, we, we figured we weren't going to do anything. No, <laughs> no. It's like, no new, more Dungeons and Dragons. Like, the new story doesn't release for a little bit, but you'll be able to play in adventures for the new story. Really? In June. That is... I didn't even know that. There you go. All right, I'm going to Origins. Origins. No, you're not. No. <laughs> well, officially, <laughs> officially I'm not, but okay. I may just be going just to play those adventures. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm. I can't excited. I can't excited. You're so excited you can't. That, You're just that was, so excited you can't. That was a mixture between I can't wait and I'm so excited. <laughs> exactly. Just in case you didn't get the etymology of I can't my excite. club there. I can't excite. Talk to uh, Saladin Ahmed. So let's yes. give him a call, and uh, we'll hear the Skype. Beep, 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 beep. See, I can make any sound with my voice. You are. You are amazing. Boop, 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 boop. You should. You should totally quit your day job. Please don't that was a better job. one. That was actually better. That was better. It's almost. That's it's almost. the tongue. Tip of the tongue. Enunciate. <laughs> All right. We're going to stop now and uh, get right to the meat of our interview. Yes. With Saladino. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, good. It's working. Woohoo. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> Yay. So, uh, welcome, Saladin, to uh, the podcast. Uh, we like to talk about Dungeons and Dragons here. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. Um, so, yeah, you are the author of uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon, uh, a book uh, that I I'd been, had people talk about this book for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was really pleasantly surprised when I, as a consumer, got uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and saw that it was top of the list of the bibliography, uh, mostly because of alphabetical reasons. But, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but we'll say it's the top of the list for uh, yes, uh, yes. for, for uh, fantasy quality. Yes. If you were putting it on a resume or something, it'd be like, that was top <laughs> yes. of the list in this thing. It's First, like yes. yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, well, we'd like to talk to you. Well, we'll get into more about uh, uh, the novel, I guess, and, and what you're doing now. But uh, I'd love to talk about where, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, how did you, did you play uh, at an early age? When, when did you start playing? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. Whenever I'm interviewed and people ask about my my influences as a writer, uh, uh, you know, they expect novelists, other novelists. And, you know, I have some that I was, but, uh, you know, Gary Gygax is always near the top of the list, nice. you know, because uh, um, I really, uh, I read those early books, you know, I'm 40. So uh, I was about, I don't know. Uh, eight, nine, when I was first reading the the first edition AD and D books, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's really they 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 were central texts to me in terms of like building my vocabulary in terms mm. of just you know books that you read over and over and over again. People talk about reading novels four or five times, six times when they were kids. That's what I did with like you know the Dungeon Master's Guide, yeah. and Player's Handbook, and um, and uh, so those books are like in my DNA. And, uh, I played, uh, a fair amount. Um, you know, I was kind of a dorky, uh, uh, withdrawn kid. So I wasn't necessarily, and, uh, and 
uh, the friends I did have weren't necessarily all gamers. So, mm. um, uh, I played with my, I dungeon mastered for my brothers a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and then I had a few older kids who kind of let me into their games here and there. And, uh, did you have but, a big family? Um, we do, yeah. I'm I'm the oldest of five kids. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so so being the um, oldest, and, you had the position of power to be like, all right, we're, this yes, is what we're doing. Exactly. This is what and we're doing for the next three hours. Horrible things. You're <laughs> pretending uh, to be a wizard. It, 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 it's interesting uh, DMing for your brothers because your little brothers because you kind of learn that you can't be too horrible mm. or else you know they they just will go play something else so, yeah you know to keep them interested you sort of had this balance of being the torturer or their brother and uh, uh you know keeping them in the game which i think is, is probably pretty good for both dms and writers yeah, yeah that's a pretty Actually, good training like, it's interesting it's like listen i'm gonna do some horrible stuff but i'm gonna do some right. great stuff that makes you want to stay so <laughs> let's be clear you get to be a hero for just one moment yeah right exactly that's cool. Uh, so, uh, what kind of what kind of stories did you did you DM? What, what, what you know, other than you know having to go easy? What 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 kind of uh, uh, <clears throat> fantasy stories did you delve into? Well, uh, I, I did do you know that was a, a sort of early place where I started to kind of introduce some characters that had a little bit more of a <clears throat> a kind of Middle Eastern uh, flavor. Mm. Um, uh, I you know I always been a, a kind of a fan of the. The you know what back in the day would have had to have been a kind of fighter thief, uh, uh, you know, um, or uh, a fighter thief multi class or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, I guess there's kits and and things that that that, that would be. But the swashbuckler type, you know, yeah. was always sort of uh, one of my inspirations. And so we always had characters, you know, dual wielding back when there was still like Dragon Magazine rules for that kind of stuff <laughs> instead of <laughs> being official. Um, uh, but mostly, you know, we were, we were combat nerds. We did a lot of that. We did some role playing and stuff, but you know, eight year old boys just want to bash things mostly. <laughs> so well, you see it at work. Sweet. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of, uh, and you know, of course, um, you have no sense of proportion growing up. This is another thing you start to learn as a, as a, as a storyteller, both as a, as a, and I think being a DM helped with this, um, is uh, you know, you, you start out by kind of throwing Orcus and, and Demogorgon at them <laughs> from the beginning, you know? And, at, and, at the and, same and, time. You know, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and making them, letting them be, you know, 35th level or whatever. And, and then you slowly sort of learn that that sort of stuff is more effective in in sparing uh, bits. Right, you can't just lead with the yeah. giants. Yeah, uh, so we, we talked, mentioned like, you know, you know, D&D and you're talking about how it's affected your writing. How did you, it sounds like you started D&D early. Did you, did you transition from going to like D&D to writing, like when you were doing your stories and stuff like that? Or how'd that no, work? I th- you know, I, I, I was very fortunate in that um, uh, my dad, I was, my, my mother passed when I was fairly young, so my dad uh, did most of the raising of me. And he, uh, he was uh, a very kind of creative type himself um he wasn't necessarily into uh dnd per se but he was into tolkien and stuff like that and mm. uh um he really encouraged um my sort of uh fantasy inclinations um and uh encouraged me to tell stories um you know uh when i was pretty young um uh, to write them down not just to tell them and uh so you know he he's the person who bought me like my first uh, D and D books, oh, for cool. instance, and so uh, um, I, you know, kind of, I think that I uh, was probably more committed to 
literally writing down stuff back in the day uh, that was gaming related than I was to actually physically writing down my stories, you mm-hmm. know, as I got older, I had, I kind of lost the patience for that and then had to relearn it. <laughs> um, uh, but I always had the patience to kind of just nerd out and fill a notebook full of characters or notes on a, a city or, you know, whatever it was. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Did you, uh, did you continue playing D and D as you got older? Like, well, you know, basically like, like high school, college, did you, did you do it then or was it, I had a couple of, uh, a couple of sort of, you know, sessions of a couple months here and there that, uh, you know, were really memorable. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I didn't get to play it as consistently, uh, once I got into my teen years. I also had other things that I was interested in, in doing. So I wasn't, you know, it wasn't the priority necessarily oh, sure. in my life, but, uh, but, um, there were games like when I was in high school, um, one of my buddies one summer, you know, we just would play for hours into the night and, uh, I was playing, I think I was playing a, uh, and, and I got to play that time. He was DMing, which was fun. And I was, <laughs> uh, I was like an elven mage. We started pretty high level, I think, but, uh, it, you know, he made it very interesting and, uh, with a, a sense of kind of, uh, measure to it. And I was, a, I, I was an elven mage. I'd never really played mages before with a, a little blue dragon hatchling, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I was, I was evil and, and the little hatchling was kind of more evil. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. I was playing against my usual type and, uh, you know, you, you, it's, it's just like when you kind of write something or read something that sticks with you, you have these sessions that, you know, I mean, gosh, that was what, almost what, 20 something years ago. And I, I can still remember, you know, moments from the game and, um, uh, the storytelling I think really stays with you and I've, I've definitely kind of carried it over into other stuff. Do you think those, uh, those, uh, you know, role-playing an, an evil character lets you kind of, you know, write better villains as, as you went forward? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Although I, I, I tend to be, you know, it, when I was playing him, um, I was pretty two dimensional <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, I probably am guilty of having fairly two dimensional villains, uh, in my story and uh you know i'm working on uh the sequels to to throw into the crescent moon and I'm, Ooh, cool. I'm, I'm complicating i'm complicating that and it's uh it is a bit against my nature <laughs> um i mean in the, in the first book i definitely defaulted to just kind of like scary bad guy boss monster you know and yeah uh, but I, I, I honestly because i'd read so much uh uh i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say you know, thinking person's fantasy or something like that, but like a fantasy that, that had delved into, uh, uh, you know, the motivations of the villains, uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, it's almost where you could say like, this book is actually more about the villains than it is about, you know, the heroes per se. So <laughs> it was actually kind of interesting to go, uh, into Throne of the Crescent Moon and identify so much with the heroes and then, and have the bad guys just be bad guys. Yeah, it, it, was, is, it was really yeah. nice. It is very refreshing. I, I mean, I, I still enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy the complicated uh, villains as well. Mm-hmm. And the guys who are who are like, man, I don't know if I think this guy's bad, but he's doing bad things. Like, I enjoy those characters, but it is also very refreshing to read a story and be like, this guy's bad. And sometimes, This guy's yeah. just bad, and <laughs> that is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, I, there are the degrees. There are degrees of ambiguity. Uh, to, to some of the characters, um, but it, it, especially with like my main couple of characters, you know, they, they may have their their flaws, of course, but uh, I do, you know, I, I like writing characters that you can cheer for yeah. mm-hmm. and that you can, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, 
feel like you know uh, and you know you talk about D and D as an influence actually probably one of the big influences as far as that goes for me uh, was the Dragonlance books growing up. Oh uh, yeah, me too. And 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 the first trilogy, um, you know. There are a bunch of things I could say go on about those books uh, <laughs> rhapsodically for for like hours, but um, oh, one please of, do, one of the please do. Main, <laughs> one of the main qualities is like you just you wish you had these friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're you're reading the book, and it's like it's like the you know the coolest kind of, um, and you know, and 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 uh, Weiss and Hickman's plotting and everything is like sort of a showcase for these characters, but really. Uh, I mean, it's incredible plotting, incredible sort of world building that sort of was, you know, part D&D has received and then part their own sort of stuff that they modded, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but really at the core of it is are, are these characters and uh, you just relate so much to their, their motivations and their interactions with each other. And uh, um, it, it's like you, you feel like you're part of a party. And uh, I definitely, definitely felt like I wanted to give readers that same sense uh, with Throne. It was, it was definitely kind of uh, a conscious thing. Yeah, and it definitely, I mean, it, it doesn't become clear uh, until, you know, a third of the way or half of the way through the book where you're like, oh, this is the assembling of the party. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And I loved that kind of aha moment uh, uh, as as the reader where you were like, oh, okay, that's the druid and there's the cleric and, you know, there's the, you know, the magic user, the mystic, and he's, you know, uh, Rasid is clearly just the fighter. And, <laughs> right, right, and right. Uh, it was, uh, it, it was fantastic to kind of, you know, I, having been so steeped in, in D&D lore myself to have that be like, oh, right, this is this is just like, uh, you know, a, a, a well-constructed yeah. party for, for your adventure. <laughs> and uh, Rasid himself, the, the holy warrior character, is uh, he's actually uh, very directly uh, a tribute to uh, Sturm, Sturm. Brightblade. Nice. From, uh, from the Dragonlance books. Uh, so that is it was, true. It was, it was very much a sort of a... A nod to those books. You're you know, making I, all the Dragonlance fans so. out there very happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I liked that Rasid was was younger though. I mean that 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 innocence or or uh, you know uh, cocksurety of the young yeah. uh, was a little bit yeah. different than Sturm, uh, who yes, he would yes, who had be, been weathered a bit yeah. by by his it, uh, by the time well, you meet him. So like because uh, because Dragonlance actually opens, and this is another thing that I learned from 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 uh, them is. Uh, the Dragons opens with these guys reuniting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first novel, at least, uh, mm-hmm. is basically a reunion at the inn that they've decided they were going to do several years ago, right? They said five years from now or whatever it was, we're going to meet back at the inn of the last home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have, and, and slowly over the books, you kind of get revealed kind of things that happened to all of them in the previous few years. So Reseda sort of sturm before they've all gone yeah. on their journeys, yeah. right? Oh, right, that's a good point. So. He's all is, is he's all full of his cause and yeah, right. He's right. bright and right. hopeful about everything. So this is something yeah. we always, uh, <laughs> Trevor and I, when we're hosting, we delve right into the subject material without realizing that most of our listeners may not be familiar <laughs> yes. with yes. Uh, <laughs> with with your work and Throne yeah. of the Crescent Moon. Yeah. So if you want to just give us a quick pre-see of uh, uh, you know elevator pitch of, of of what the book's about, that might help. Sure, sure. So uh, yeah, all this stuff uh, that we've been blabbing about. <laughs> uh, um, 
connected uh, for me with, um, you know, my own kind of heritage and background, uh, being Arab American, growing up in a kind of uh, immigrant community here, um, and uh, um, growing up hearing a lot of these stories and reading a lot of these stories, um, uh, steeped in kind of Arab and Islamic myth. Uh, and for me, you know, I when I decided I was going to write a fantasy novel, I knew that it was going to be this hybrid of my kind of D&D roots and, uh, and this other part of my, uh, my, my heritage. Um, and, uh, so Throne of the Crescent Moon is, uh, essentially a kind of adventure fantasy novel, um, with a lot of very familiar elements, you know, a cranky old wizard, a, uh, cocksure young, uh, holy warrior, uh, kind of barbarian girl, um, lots of monsters, you know, <laughs> magic items, <laughs> things like that, right? Um, prophecies. But, yes, prophecies, all, all of these sort of familiar elements. Um, but uh, sort of with a Middle Eastern and Islamic uh, influence rather than the traditional Western European. And and there are other kind of things that are looked at slant ways in the book. You know, the main character, Adula, is a, is a kind of old crusty man and not a young dashing hero <laughs> and uh you know the the view of monarchy is is pretty dim in the book mm-hmm. um uh so you know uh, rather than a kind of tolkien-esque uh you know um approach but um but uh, you know all of that said there's a lot of stuff that'll be very very familiar to kind of D fans and players that um will feel like you know, I hope feel like, you know, the, the nicest thing people say to me is when they say something like it, it, it feels like meeting up with old friends, but, but they're a little different. And, you know, I, I, this is what I'm aiming for is a sort mm, of yeah. familiar adventure fantasy novel that people can read and feel like they just read just, a, you know, a kick-ass adventure, um, you know, or just played in a really great session, uh, and stayed up all night doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but that they also sort of, get a little bit something different than than um what they typically get from a gaming session or a, a, a fantasy novel and they kind of look at things a little bit differently after reading the book and like i i know from from experience not directly but indirectly that that that's it has had that impact on D players rodney thompson who uh, mm. until recently mm-hmm. worked here on D did mm-hmm. a lot of work like he al kadeen is one of his like favorite you know D settings ever and it's it's the you know uh, the Arabian uh, setting, it's, it's based on all those myths you were talking about. Um, and he just, like, when I was like, oh, yeah, I've never read this book. When we were talking about meeting up with you at Gen Con, he was like, what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is like the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, he, and he's he's an example. I, I mean, hopefully he's at home listening to this at this point and laughing. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Rodney's been a wonderful booster of the book and I've, I've really uh, appreciated it. So. But it's, I, I think you've definitely captured that that same feel of adventure and of, like, of a party and all this cool like magical world, but with a with a slightly different uh, uh, twist on the culture is is different enough. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's neat. It it feels like I'm learning. You fooled me, so. That- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's similar to I mean, as a kid uh, reading Tolkien, and and I felt like I was learning, yeah. and and, and uh, you know, it, it inspired me to 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 look into history, and I feel like after reading 
Throne of the Crescent Moon, I, I, I felt the same way. I wanted to be like, well, which one of the these stories that were told were ones that, that you had made up as the author or that were uh, adapted from from the myths? And, and I wanted to go back to kind of the, you know, the 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 sacred tasks, as, as it were, <laughs> to find out, you know, more about the culture. So it worked. It's definitely a hybrid that um, it's not, you know, strict Islamic myth. It's not actual Middle Eastern history, and it's not, you know, um, it's it's a bit of that, a bit of stuff borrowed from lots of other sources, mm-hmm. stolen from lots of sources, you <laughs> know, um, including D and D, and um, and then just other stuff that I just randomly. God knows where it came from, right? right. <laughs> and threw, threw in there. So uh, I love the fact that uh, you know you mentioned that earlier of reading D and D books, how you expanded your vocabulary. Um, and mm. I definitely experienced that too, because you know ninety percent of those words when you're a kid, you have no idea what the heck they mean, and you, right. you start looking them up, and 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 you know you get inspired to learn that way. Um, but the, the uh, Throne of the Crescent Moon had that same effect as well. Like I wanted to just you know learn learn more. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, it's, it's it's nice. You know, it's um, the books in a lot of libraries because I got I got a nice review in Library Journal, so <laughs> they pick it up. They buy they buy it in libraries if that happens. And so, you know, I I've gotten some really nice emails from like you know people in like rural Alabama, old women in rural oh, Alabama wow. saying, "Hey, I didn't I don't know any Muslims. I don't know anything about this stuff, but this was a really fun book. They just grabbed it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, like old ladies do in libraries. And <laughs> they read everything. Up and started reading it, and uh, you know, so it's it's, you know, I if 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 even a few people sort of find out a little bit more about their world uh, after reading it, that's that's cool. That's great. You know? Yeah. How how important you know is it to you that you kind of expand people's minds? You teach them about stuff that they may not know about. I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter as well, so uh, you're actually yeah. you'll, you'll you'll say something about a cultural thing that I don't know about. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, which I, I mean, I'm I'm there because I enjoy following you, so don't don't, don't stress about that. But like, how, how important is it to you that you're kind of you you are educating people? Is that something you try to do, or is it just a, a nice side effect? Uh, yeah. Well, I, first of all, I always feel like I should apologize to people who tell me they follow me. <laughs> no, no. After, that's why I was but, like, but, I, but, I, I thoroughly uh, enjoy you, especially especially I'm, your, your good night Twitter tweets. Yes, I'm I'm really much nicer than I am on Twitter. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I you know. Twitter is my place to do that, to just kind of pontificate. Mm-hmm. In fiction, um, it's, uh, you know, I have these conflicting impulses because there's some writers who say, well, you know, if it happens, it's great. Or, you know, it's, that, that's not my job as a writer. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's a cop out. On the other hand, you have these writers who think that, you know, our job as writers is to change the world. And I think that's, uh, that's grandiose and misguided. <laughs> so I'm, 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 I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, for me, particularly as a as a Muslim and as an Arab, in the current environment, in the political environment, in the cultural environment we're in, um, you know, it is really important for me to put out stories there with um, Arab or quasi Arab kind of uh, heroes. Um, and and you know, we talked earlier about kind of having characters who are just good. Um, you know, for me, that's that's a particular thing for me mm. uh, to have these heroes that we can cheer for who. Um, you know, look like or sound like some of the people who are being maligned mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, by current, you know, presidential candidates, for instance. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So um, um, uh, it, it is. And, and I get I get a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback from um, both from kind of people who are just kind of open minded people who are happy to see what I'm doing and, and specifically kind of Arab and Muslim, especially younger mm-hmm. kind of writers, um, you know, saying really kind things about you know, what 
the stuff I do um, uh, does, what it does for them to see that out there. But, you know, I think if you ask most writers at the bottom line, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're telling the stories for the reason you're telling the stories. And for me, entertainment's a lot of it. I just want to make people, you know, I like making people happy. I like making them have fun. Uh, I think about the stories that I read when I was younger and the stories that I read now. And a lot of what I was looking for was just to, to get away yeah. you know, mm. from all of this. And uh, if I ever offer, you know, like one of the nicest emails I ever got was from a, a, a guy who was working like double shifts at a 7-Eleven, <laughs> you know, and was just uh, talking about how he snuck reading my book here and there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, geez, you know, if you can uh, just make that person's day a little bit nicer, you know, that's yeah. pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> that is cool. And this is this is also something you've been. I mean, uh, uh, going in the far in the way back machine. But uh, when I was at the Escapist, you wrote an article about uh, uh, Muslims in video games and mm. and oh, yes. their representation yeah. there. Um, so it's always something that's. Uh, I, I feel like our culture is getting a little bit better at at inclusivity, but it's very very small steps along the way, and it's very nice to see just more uh, artwork and novels and and and, and you know even. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, adventures uh, talk about mm-hmm. all the, uh, the different cultures that are in our world and in the fantasy world, and and uh, it's small steps along the way. Yeah, and I mean there are these two strands. There's this, uh, and I mean the same with the feedback I get as a writer doing this stuff is you know there's this strand, this this thin but uh, incredibly vocal and incredibly toxic strand of kind of hostility. Um, and then there's the, the, I think, I hope a much bigger group of people, um, who, uh, you know, are really welcoming and excited by, uh, by the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the country has a diverse face, the mm-hmm. world has a diverse, uh, set of faces, you know, that mm-hmm. make it up and that's not a bad thing, uh, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's one of the tenets of, of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, if you really think about it, it with, you know, uh, uh, elves and dwarves and tieflings and dragonborn and there's every party has got different outlooks and and appearances and and uh, you know a well balanced party is something that people are always talking about and uh, I feel like you know uh, the story that you that you've told in, in Throne of the Crescent Moon is just the extension of that. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I feel like we're now we're just <laughs> no, no. <laughs> patting you on no, the back, right, but yeah. no, it's it's. So, uh, so let's it's talk about how Saladin's character in our D game wanted to kind of kill me. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it, we we were both um we were both Zimtarom agents. So this is we were playing in a, in a oh, Adventurers League right. game back at uh, Gen Con. We were being in their, in their big event there, and it was me, uh, Rodney, and Chris Lindsay. We had all done this weird thing where we were ten, we were somehow related. Like I think I was half brothers to both of them. Oh, that's right. And yes, I was, was I was pretending to be a Harper for like five games. Mm. A really like, weird and, family tree going on around that table. Yes, it was <laughs> it was odd. But, but uh, Saladin was we came on, and he was also in the Zintaron, but he's playing this like gruff, brutish woman. And she's yes, like, I want to, I want right. to steal their, I want to steal their stuff. I just want to beat them up and steal their stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. We gotta be smooth about this. We gotta be stuff. And and like, I, I pulled the rank card at one point, and, and yeah. I, 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 uh, so you did this great job of just glittering at me. It, it was, it was so in character. in character. It was so in character. I was just like, I'm scared. <laughs> You know, it's I, I've been playing a lot of bruisers recently. I'm realizing. That's one nice thing about Cond is I've I've got to play games again here and there mm. I, in things like that, and uh, it's fun. You know, we had a, we had a um, 
celebrity or not celebrity uh, like author they were calling it celebrity author D&D is what I call it um, uh, going at uh, Confusion uh, a couple years ago and it was like Pat Roth uh, Scott Lynch me Peter Brett a bunch of people um, doing kind of old school D&D just very basic hack and slash and uh, it, it's, it was a lot of fun you know I don't, I don't really I don't I, because I have small kids at home and the writing and everything I don't get to play yeah. like I used to you know so uh, when I'm at a convention and like Gen Con has become super super fun I'm really excited to go again this year and uh, um, you know that's about the only time I get to really game I'm, I'm going to join an online game some some point yeah, there's a lot of tools out there now for it. So yeah. Making it easier yeah. and easier. We hey, do. you ever, um, uh, you know, as a correlate to that, do you ever want to bring back, you know, playing for the family again? Do you ever want to yeah. uh, get your kids uh, to play? Oh, kids no, old enough to play. I don't think, I think <laughs> I'd be the only one still interested in that, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you, you don't think your uh, uh, kids would go for it? Uh, well, you know, I well, oh, well with the kids, um, with my kids, you know, I actually did run a sort of, stripped down D&D thing for them a while back and uh, I keep threatening to kind of drag them <laughs> back into it you know um, uh, threatening is always the good way to do it right <laughs> yeah I think I think if I if I did enough setup they would probably get back into it we did a maybe about a year ago when they were five they're six now we mm -hmm. did a little adventure where they uh, they picked which of their little action figures they wanted to have uh, be their character. And they were uh, fighting to like free some animals from uh, uh, cages or something like that. I think I, th I think I actually lifted it from uh, a, a subplot in uh, the Baldur's Gate video game. Oh, <laughs> nice. There's like some evil circus if I, you know, and you're free. Oh, the guys, right, the right. Animals. So uh, I think that's what I that's what I looked that's at cool. The plot from. And I feel like kids but would latch onto latch onto that story. They free, want they yes. want to free the animals. Well, the the thing I learned is if you're playing uh, a, a RPG with a small kid, uh, animal companions are a must. Oh know? yeah. So the, the, yeah, it was yeah that was everybody had to have an animal. You know? Yeah, you're totally so, true. Uh, my my four year old, almost five year old, is, is I mean I'm sure that's all she would actually really want to hear about is what what, <laughs> what pet does she have. Can yeah, I get right. a baby dragon? Yeah. Right, can I right, give it a yeah. name? What name can I give it? Yeah. What does I it think look they like? were I think they were both riding cheetahs, if I remember <laughs> right. Oh gosh. So. Yeah, my my girl Edna always it, it pretends to be a cheetah. Yeah. She's got a mommy cheetahs and the baby cheetahs that yeah. she's taking care of. Yes. Yeah. We clearly she's gonna be Zambia growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, well I, so when you this uh Throne of the Crescent Moon came out in twenty eleven, correct? So there's that before twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So that was like, uh, so I guess I'm just doing math. Your kids were were not quite old enough, but did, did that enter your brain at all as far as writing for uh, uh, younger characters that that you wanted them to be able to identify with? Mm, not so much. Um, not not with the the main series at least. I mean, I'm definitely thinking along the lines of kind of you know kids stuff. Mm. Um, maybe a you know a picture book or something like that here and there but um you know the uh it, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily come into the main the main series or anything like that those books are you know it's funny people ask like oh can I, my kid read them and they're pretty much pg-13 i guess is what i would say yeah so I would there's say a so. couple torture scenes that are a little gruesome but for the most part it's 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 right the interludes are are, yes. are, are, are yeah. a bit nasty yeah 
Um, but yeah, well, the reason I mentioned that is because I don't know if it's if this happened to you when you had kids, but uh, uh, coming of age stories make me cry. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Any kind of story that has has a a uh, you know even a teen or or, or a young girl kind of uh, and it, it's girls because I have two girls but anybody that has that kind of moment of empowerment and like oh wait I'm a, I can do things too uh, uh, kind of thing uh, really just hits me emotionally uh, home and and so that moment in in Throne of the Crescent Moon was when uh, uh, Zamia was able to take the lion shape again. I, I was I was here actually at the <laughs> wizard here and I totally teared up and I was like oh my god oh. I can't wait to talk to uh, Saladin about that. <laughs> that's so that's so nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you know it's funny because really in a way, Throne was a, a an anti coming of age story. Mm. Like it was very much a, a deliberate choice to have an old man mm. as the hero as opposed to like the young. There are the young characters who are kind of coming into their own power. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of readers have latched onto them and I love those characters, but, uh, it, it was, it was absolutely sort of a dualist story. Um, uh, because I, because I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not super interested in stories about young characters kind of discovering themselves. Mm. Um, maybe as my kids move into, uh, into being teens, maybe I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll rediscover yeah. that as a narrative. But, um, for me, the, uh, the thing that I probably, wouldn't you know? I I wrote the book. Um, uh, I mean, it was published in 2012, but I basically finished it around the time they were born. Mm. And um, I think the thing that I would probably find it hard to put in um, doesn't mean it couldn't be in. But the thing I'd I'd find it hard to put in, I've actually swerved away from it a couple times and a couple things in the sequels is the child endangerment stuff. Mm. You know, because uh, that's the stuff that now. You know, if I'm watching a movie and there's, you know, there's a little kid who's being threatened on screen, you know, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, no, I can't do this. <laughs> um, Funnily enough, in, in, I just was watching the... Very visceral. Yeah, yeah so the visceral. the Kingsman. Did you see that movie? Mm-hmm. No, no. Oh, well, there's there's one moment oh. in that that I, I was uncomfortable. I was like, I can't even look at this right now. And it's such a small detailed in in the overall story that's happening but it, it I, yeah I, I totally understand near that. the end yeah or, okay like I, I'm, I'm not a parent and then that scene you're talking about I was like so for the most part the end of that movie is pretty ridiculous it's pretty that ridiculous part is funny. not that part, that like, part was not and I was like whoa okay yeah but I, I understand what you're saying as far as the uh, resisting the coming of age story in fantasy uh, mm-hmm. because that is a very Genre uh, uh, stereotype uh, in a way, you know, like the you know, Randall Thor is always, you know, mm-hmm. right. you know growing bigger and, and you know, <laughs> getting better. Right. And, you know, right. I, I feel like I've I've read uh, as as someone who's you know consumed a lot of fantasy novels in my in my thirty seven years. Like yeah, you just get that story. But it's Star Wars. It's, it's Star Wars. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's everything. Like, I, I, I I love the Wheel of Time to death. Yes. Yeah. I was actually a guest at, at Jordan Con. You know. Oh nice. Um, I I love star i mean star wars is like you know one of my holy texts right mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's uh at least and, and there will never be a shortage of people telling that story yeah. you know yeah whereas it's like you know uh that the you know the old fart um as the central the central character it's not i mean it's not a totally untold story but it's one that i think 
I think we could spend more time looking at. I find it interesting. Maybe that's because I'm 40 now. Oh, <laughs> I love it too. I, I love that Adula is is fat yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, that was intentional as well. Yeah, yeah I loved yeah. Uh, his uh, love of food and wine, and uh, he does not have the He-Man physique. He really does yes. not. Or, or or the or the thin hermit physique. Yeah, and that's why I like the the cover image. Uh, is is almost kind of a subversion of 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 you know kind of fantasy stereotypes in a way too because yeah. it's. His amazing, you know, heroic pose, and he's got this huge poncho in front he's of him. This big bulk, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's interesting because that was the uh, that was the hardcover cover, and it was also very D and D, yeah, uh, sort of uh, source book uh, <laughs> kind of cover. Um, and uh, the marketing folks uh, oh. decided that they did not. Uh, when, when we went to paperback, uh, they decided that um, maybe the, that the book would sell better if uh, they. Um, did not have a fat guy on the cover. <laughs> they, 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 didn't, they didn't say so in, in, in as many words, but there was a sense. And then there was an, also a sense that, you know, because the, the book got a decent amount of kind of serious attention to it, got starred reviews and Kirkus and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, th- there was a sense that uh, the kind of serious readership that, uh, you know, um, that might enjoy the book uh, might be turned off by the D and D esque cover so art. Right. They, they they put the cover. They put the quote from NPR on the cover, and, which is <laughs> which is you know. I mean, God bless them. Their job is you know, they they they're working every angle. But it was it was just amusing to me because when I saw that cover, I was like, this is my my Larry Elmore cover. That I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, you know, <laughs> it was Jason Chan is a, a great artist, mm-hmm. very much in that tradition of. Uh, of fantasy of, art, uh, yeah. gaming art, mm-hmm. you know. So I, uh, I, I love that cover. I have a big poster of it uh, in my in my living room. But it's 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 funny the uh, the alchemy there <laughs> of of make uh, yeah right of of trying to package a book for for people to sell for yeah, sure. Right. So you mentioned that you were working on 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 sequels. Is yes. there any any news you can you can tell us about that? Well, not not any hardcore. You <laughs> like you know it's it? uh, nope. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> lots it's of nope. Must much delayed, uh, obviously, and it's looking like it's probably going to be uh, something like five, maybe five and a half years uh, between book one and book two. And I, you know, I've really kind of. Um, You're really going to do the George R. 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 Martin, the George R. R. Martin. You know, it's it's funny because I'm actually collaborating with George now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, got uh, a project that before the uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the, the Wild, Wild Cards, cards series. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, he invited to uh, to become part of that consortium of writers that uh, nice. that, which is which is pretty cool because it's basically like him DMing you. You know, yeah. <laughs> basically he's your 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 uh, superhero RPG DM as you write a story for him, and uh, it's 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 been pretty neat, but. Uh, but it's it you know he recently kind of revealed his troubles with getting the the last book out and there's I guess there's this kind of club of us uh, <laughs> Scott Scott Lynch took a while to get uh, his his uh, most recent book out you know and it's it's just Pat Rothfuss mm-hmm. yeah had, had delays you know and and I don't know I don't know what it is about fantasy books those guys all write big giant fat books so they've got a little bit more of an excuse than I do. But, <laughs> Um, there's, I don't know what it is. I don't well, know what it is in the water for epic fantasy writers, but if it's, I've, I've, I've just kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm going to write a good book. I'm going to write a really good book. And if it takes five years to do that, I'd rather do that than, yeah. you know, 
once it's out there, it's going to be out there forever. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be right. I'm sure we can wait. I can wait. I'm sure there's some fans <laughs> that are going to say otherwise, but yeah, you are, you are nobody's the, bitch. The bulk, <laughs> the, <laughs> the bulk of us can wait. Yeah. Well, and it's still great. You know, I'm, I'm not George, so it's still, uh, in terms of, you know, being a household name. So it's still, there's this weird kind of masochistic thing that's uh, still kind of gratifying about having people be like, when's your dance book coming out? Damn it. It's like, Oh, you care. (laughs) You You really like me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, take your time with that for sure. Uh, And we're disappointed. uh, You have no tidbits, but we understand. (laughs) It's good to know at least that you're working on it. That's all. That's all that matters. Appreciate that. So uh, we're going to sit down and have you uh, down another game of D&D next time we're all one place. Yeah. I, I thoroughly yeah, I enjoyed that. that. You, you fit with that table like we had all been playing together for a while. That, that was that was really fun. Uh, and just seeing all those people playing together in the same room. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, for people, everybody at home, we were we were playing in uh, one of the, the epics, what we would now call epics, which was, you know, basically all the tables there were basically fighting in the big war together. So we're doing. We were set off on some tasks, and but it ends up culminating on this big fight at the end. But it was it was a huge, huge, awesome event. Uh, we're doing something similar to that at uh, Origins. Yes, we're doing uh, in Columbus. Uh, we're doing the open for the first time in a long time, which is like kind of you know back in the days of, of I'll I'll put this in quotes, but you're not seeing my fingers do the the, the, the quoting thing. <laughs> I can see him. I I, um, I can attest to that. There's a little bit of competitive nature to the open because it's like how far can you get? And this yeah. is basically mega dungeon type thing you're doing, and uh, we're doing that. I think we might be doing an epic. I just don't remember. I've been I've been planning eight billion things for yeah. events, so yeah. I have to go back to my yeah. table and look at a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. So when you're yeah, head- gonna have to make it to Origins one of these years. People keep saying that it's a uh, a little a little cozier than than Gen Con and uh that it's like a real blast though. So. Yeah. It'll be my first. A lot of people in the company have been. It'll be my first, but we're definitely doing a lot of big things there this year. So Yeah, should be fun to see. So yeah, if you make it out there, let us know. Um and uh, do you ever make it out west? Occasionally. Occasionally. Not as often as I'd like to. But, cool. Uh, well next time you're in Seattle we'll uh we'll have you come visit the Wizards office and play some D and D play some D and D with us. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yeah. Cool beans. Well, uh, where's a good? I mean, we mentioned you're on Twitter. Where, yeah, where's a good place for people to to check out uh, where where Saladin Ahmed is is well, these days? SaladinAhmed.com. Although I don't update my website nearly as often as I should, but Twitter <laughs> Twitter is pretty much my, my my home on the interwebs. So uh, so come look for me there. What's your handle on Twitter? It's Saladin Ahmed. Look at that. Easy to remember, people. <laughs> That's mine is at Greg Tito. It's very easy. Just, I know. I'm the complicated one. Yeah. I'm not the only Trevor kid in the world, apparently. So. Yes, that's that's the uh, that's the trick there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to talk to us. Uh, can't wait to hear uh, more. Hopefully, next time we talk, you're talking about uh, a, a book too. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Talk to you later, man. Have a good night. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I love that guy. Seriously, if you see that guy at a convention, go shake his hand and talk to him. He's awesome. And if you get the chance to role play with him, it's awesome. I know he was like, eh, hey, I don't play a whole lot of D&D, but like, I couldn't have told you that. Like, as far as sitting down and role-playing with him, just just fine. Yeah. I guess that probably comes from being a storyteller, but right. it, he was he was into it, and he was, he was awesome. Like I said, we sat on the table, hadn't really talked to him much, and it was like he was one of our little group just playing D&D with us. That's so cool. Yeah. I guess, you know, after uh, 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 you had spent a lot of time writing and figuring out characters and stories, it's fun just to actually inhabit them for a while. Yeah. I also get like where you might want to play like more brute guys. Like, eh, I don't want to think that much. Yeah. I just want to I just want to hit things. Especially for a con game. That's mm-hmm. always fun to play. Yeah. But no, it was it's good times. Cool. 
Well, thanks uh, for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, If you'd like to uh, hear from more people, Mm -hmm. you can leave us... uh, comments and or reviews or ratings on iTunes. We, we like those. Those are the best way to uh, help pe- more people discover this podcast and learn about Dungeons and & Dragons and fantasy role-playing in general, so please do us what you can there. Uh, as well, you can uh, talk to me at Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito, and Trevor's at... At Trevor underscore Watsy. And then you can also check out our main Twitter account for D&D at, at Wizards underscore D&D. Yeah, and uh, check out Dice Camera Action with Dungeons & Dragons. It's on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Chris Burke is running through Curse of Strahd yes. right now, and it is amazing. Yeah, Cass is awesome, so definitely go check that out. Uh, we mentioned Origins. If you're going to Origins, you should definitely stop by the D&D area. We have some awesome stuff. Tito has actually worked on a lot of the awesome stuff we're, we're, we're giving away. There's good uh, swag. Is it, is we talked big, about it in last week's podcast, it but it's, it's amazing. The bag is awesome. All the stuff in the bag, hopefully. Yeah. It hasn't been finalized yet, but hopefully all that stuff is awesome. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now. Trevor. Oh. Oh, it's true. Nice. And then, uh, and then, yes, we are doing the open and lots of other cool events. So stop by the area, check out some of the stuff we're doing. And then uh, there's the other June event. Um, yes, we'll find out about that at PAX East, which uh, is coming up soon. Oh, right? No, no. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. Trevor and I are um, looking into each other's I'm, eyes. I'm, I'm not entirely sure when this one airs. We're traveling through time. So if this one airs before PAX East, then yes, PAX East is coming up. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's. Uh, if I turn my, if I, if I look at the date on my phone, it's going to go off every time. Every time I've tried to look at my phone, it's like spouted random sounds. So if you, if you heard random stuff during the podcast, that was my fault. I'm sorry. But if you don't hear that stuff, it's because Ryan is awesome. Yes, because he is the best. The best sound engineer ever. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at him being like, you're going to remove that right now. <laughs> <laughs> No, Thanks. but yeah, yeah. But it's uh, uh, Pax East is at the end of April. I think it's like the twenty uh, first through the twenty fourth. Yeah, the twenty fourth is twenty second through the twenty fourth. The twenty fourth is the live game. Yes, uh, it's going to be Sunday. Um, Sunday, which is, Sunday, Sunday. People keep asking me like, "Do you have Acquisitions Inc. at Pax East?" It's like, yes, yes, we are. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And it will be amazing. It will be amazing. Um, uh, then so we check we, it out. It's at one p.m. I think, right, yep. Eastern time. That's what I have on my piece of paper. One yes. p.m. And it will be streamed uh, on uh, our Twitch channel. Our Twitch channel. It also. I mean, it'll also be on the uh, main packs uh, Twitch channel. For of their, course. For the main show, we we will rebroadcast it from them. Yeah. And then we will we will have the video for you afterwards up on YouTube. On so the YouTube's. We lo- we love you watching D and D. We also love to watch D and D. And we love you listening to us. So thank you for that. Yep. So let us know what you think of the podcast. Let you know. Let us know who who you want us to have on. You know, for future shows. And uh, let us know if there's something we can do to make your life more fun while we're doing these podcasts, as long as it's legal and uh, kid-friendly. <laughs> well, that that all my all my suggestions are. are... <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining See us. See you next week.